I'm Julie Swenson, Managing Director of Forward Theatre Company in Madison, Wisconsin. And I'm Mike Fisher, Milwaukee-based writer and dramaturg. I'm Jen Upoff-Gray, Founder and Artistic Director of Forward Theatre Company. And this is Theatre Forward, a twice-monthly conversation about theatre from a local, regional, and national perspective. From Madison to Manhattan, we're excited to share insight into our own company while exploring issues surrounding theater in the Midwest and around the country. Welcome to episode 15 of Theater Forward. Hello. Hello, Jen. So this week's conversation is about what many of us think about at this time of year, what we did on our summer vacation. (laughs) So of course, for our colleagues who run summer rep companies, they are very much in the thick of things. But for companies like ours, where we produce on a sort of fall to spring schedule, summer is sometimes when we have the most opportunity to go see work elsewhere. And all of us have been very busy this summer, seeing a lot, and we thought we would talk about some of our favorites. Fantastic. Uh, So let's go, let's sort of go geographically. We'll start Mm -hmm. here in our own backyard and expand, you know, across the state, the region, the country, the world from there. The widening gyre. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, Well, certainly it's been very busy here in Madison. There's a ton going on, companies producing. Um, We've had a world premiere new musical at Music Theater of Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like gore, you could see Carrie at Cap City Theater or Evil Dead at the University Theater this summer. There's there's plenty Lots to do. Lots of blood in costumes. Lots yeah. of blood in uh-huh. costumes. Um, I have to say uh, one thing I saw, not directly here in Madison, but very close by uh, at our friends out at APT in Spring Green, um, beautiful production of She Stoops to Conquer, directed by Laura Gordon. That was so much fun. It's They do that so well out there. These chestnut uh, productions that you just never get to see anymore. And it's done with such professionalism and elan and wit. Uh, I, I had a fantastic time. Really fun. Agreed. You know, the thing about Laura is I remember when the APT asked her to direct Royal Family Uh years ago, and I thought, Laura Gordon, Royal Family, sort of farcical. And she said, yeah, Mike, but I'm going to make it real. And that's what she did here with She Stoops. I mean, it's funny as all get out, but these characters have got depth and heart and texture in a way that Laura Gordon always seems to bring to her work. Yeah. It's why we have her direct here so often. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Wonderful production. Mike, I know you're up in Door County as well. You know, I, and, and I have to preface this by saying there's a, still a few things I'm dying to see in Door County, which I haven't. I'm going to see Henry V later the day we lay down this broadcast at Door Shakes and La La Lucille, the never performed early Gershwin musical at Third Avenue Playhouse. But of the shows I've seen there thus far, the one that absolutely blew me away um, was Northern Sky Theater's We Like It Where, um, which is a play on former governor of Wisconsin, uh, of Wisconsin uh, uh, Knowles's We Like It Here tourist campaign in 1967. Problem was they left the town of Winniconnie, Wisconsin off the map. <laughs> and that town is a publicity stunt then decided to secede from the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> and and what we get out of this is a musical that is really well done. Uh, LaCrissa Granberry, who I know has worked at Forward. Oh, she's great. She just is blowing the doors off the place. Well, you can't blow the doors off a beautiful outdoor theater, <laughs> but if you could, she would. I mean, she really has, she has a great voice and she's playing this wonderful, feisty, uh, based on true life uh, female character in a musical that like all Northern Sky material is A, original, B, family friendly, but C, oh so sneaky uh, in getting in underneath that with double entendres or with a, another message. Some really good sort of strong messaging. And here it's about me too. And it's about the way women are treated. Hmm. Um, and it's just, it's a delightful, uh, delightful 
uh, night. And Northern Sky is just on my mind anyway right now. They're about to open uh, a brand new theater and creative complex this fall. $8 million it costs to build it. This is one of the most significant things to my mind uh, in terms of building that has happened in Wisconsin theater in a long time. Wow. Uh, and they will commission that this fall with a new show by Matt Zembrowski called Dad Season Tickets, which is not just about the Packers, but about King Lear. It's three daughters <laughs> fighting over the season tickets. So you can see that in September. That sounds great. I, I, we can't talk about Door County without talking about a show that two of our advisory company members were in, Karen Miller and Bill Bowles, Marie Kohler's The Dig, also at Third Avenue Playhouse, TAP. Um, beautiful story about um, a woman coming to um, to terms with her brother who had um, a nervous break um, as a young adult and how she reconciles that in her adult years. Um, like I said, uh, written by Marie Kohler. And um, that name, remember, will come up later <laughs> on in this broadcast. And smartly directed, I think, by Alex Coddington. Absolutely, um, you know, yes. One of his you know, first big commissioned uh, pieces to, to direct. And I thought he did a really nice job. Same. Yeah. Yep. And of course, by the time this podcast is released, I will have been out to APT to see Lauren Gunderson's The Book of Will with my family. And I cannot wait. I've already seen it in production, lo lovely at the Northlight, but... This play was made for this company and this group of actors, and I, I cannot wait to see these phenomenal artists bring Lauren's work to life. And you know how much we love Lauren Gunderson's work. So that is that's a highlight I've been looking forward to all summer. Same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, if we go a little bit beyond the uh, borders of our state, um, what what have we been seeing regionally? You know, I'm going to I'll start with something I saw in Chicago this summer uh, coming soon to a city near you around the country, which isn't technically theater, or at least it's not only theater. And that is I went and saw the Hamilton exhibition on Northerly Island, uh, you know, out in Lake Michigan, uh, off the shores of Chicago. And that was really Fascinating. For those who don't know about it, the creative team that, that did Hamilton the musical basically created a pop-up museum about not just Alexander Hamilton, but about the founding fathers and mothers, um, about the founding of this country and what's happened since then. And it's a it was a remarkable experience. I loved it. I went with my whole family, and it was the, this perfect mix of history and museum curation with theatrical storytelling sensibility. And it was it was so engaging and really made you experience history in a more viscerally exciting way. Um, and I know that it's leaving Chicago shortly and they're gonna be putting it down in different cities around the country. So um, I urge people to check it out when it's near them. Um, you know, I love Chicago in the summer because it's the theater city that truly never sleeps. And I've seen a ton, but really the best thing I've seen, which I've already mentioned uh, briefly on this podcast before, and probably the best show I've seen anywhere this year is David Cromer's Next to Normal uh, at Writers Theater. It came as close as I have seen to sort of balancing the manic feel of that musical with the heart that these characters actually uh, have and express and the pain that they're going through. And David Cromer will be back after a stint in New York with a, a play with Mary Louise Parker. will be back in Chicago uh, at Steppenwolf uh, in January with a redo of Tracy Letts' Bug starring Carrie Coon. So that's definitely a big one, I think, for anybody in Wisconsin. Of course, Carrie had many years 
numbers here before she became the superstar that she now is. <laughs> Deservedly <laughs> so. Um, the other thing in Chicago I thought was really interesting is Six, um, which is a musical that uh, features Henry VI's six wives um, uh, riffing on styles from Ariana Grande to Beyonce uh, and talking about what a bum deal they got. They're competing to see who got it worst. Uh, of all of them. This is now not only going to Broadway, where it will open in March after a February preview period, but in something that is kind of new, I think, has already announced that the New York production will close and is coming back to Chicago next July uh, at the Playhouse Theater. So if you don't get a chance to see it in New York, um, you will have a chance to see it again uh, in the Midwest next summer if you can get here. Such a cool new way to approach that. Right. I haven't seen a production, you know, Broadway bound do it quite that way before touring to Broadway and coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I'm really, yeah. I'm excited <laughs> to see how that, how that works out. We may see more of that in the future. Right. Very cool. All right. Well, if, um, if we start to broaden our scope, uh, I spent some time in New York in early August. I believe I alluded to that in past podcast episodes that that was coming up while mm -hmm. I'm back. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was certainly exciting to see, uh, a bunch of different productions. Um, the impetus for the trip, of course, was to see our own advisory company member. And I should be really, you know, um, open about the fact she's also my sister-in-law. <laughs> uh, so I was taking my, my family to see her, uh, Karen Olivo in Moulin Rouge. Um, not my sister-in-law and I love her too. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm biased, so we'll say that out of the gate, but my goodness, everything that they're saying about her performance as Satine is, is that it's that and more. It was uh, a riveting, um, experience. And, if, uh, Danny Burstein, who plays Ziegler, the producer is also an old colleague and friend of mine. He is equally magnificent in this. It was just a nonstop adrenaline rush from the time you walk into the theater. It's a very immersive experience through to the extensive and extended curtain call. Um, yeah, you just you barely take a second to breathe. You're so swept up in the energy and the artistry and the songs, dear Lord, so many amazing <laughs> songs. So that was kind of the reason for the trip. But then um, I wasn't going to let a good trip to New York go to waste. So got to see a few other things. Um, took my daughter to see the prom right before it closed. That was really enjoyable. Um, Took my son to see this Yiddish uh, production of Fiddler on the Roof that Joel Gray directed. Um, that was really, really moving. You know, I grew up in a family. My grandmother and grandfather spoke Yiddish. Uh, and so to hear that language sort of overlaid on this show that I know so, so well um, was sort of moving in and of itself. But it was a beautifully spare production. And um certainly the most moving Tevya that I've ever seen. Stephen Skybell, who I've been watching for decades as a performer, um, played Tevi with just no affectation whatsoever. It was so heartfelt. And my goodness, when he asked Golda, do you love me? He was really asking and he was scared to know what the answer was. And it brought me to tears. It was beautiful. Oh. Totally beautiful. And I got to see what the Constitution means to me, which uh, was an absolute highlight. I, I cannot get over what Heidi Schreck has accomplished with that. Um, seeing it with my 18 year old son was incredibly profound for me. Um, thinking of my mother and my grandmothers and you know, everybody I know out there fighting the good fight. And I wasn't expecting it to be as funny as it was. Mm -hmm. And I know she's um, taking it out on tour around the country and 
gosh, everyone should run mm-hmm. to get a ticket to that. It is, you know, since I saw it in March, it haunts me um, in a way. And, and it kind of snuck up on me in the, in the way that she sneaks up on you during the piece itself, mm-hmm. moving from the humor to zinger after zinger. Um, but I can't get that show out of my head. It is special. And I second Jen, anybody that can see it uh, somewhere on tour uh, when it goes out, do. And having uh, Heidi Schreck herself tell these stories about her family is just a really, really special uh, night. And I didn't think it would work on Broadway. It's a small show. It does. It's in a smaller house, but n- nonetheless, it is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really extraordinary evening. So, um Mike, I know you've left the country this summer. Oh, Canada. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to audition for musical theater anytime soon. Um, I'm just back from my latest uh, pilgrimage, which is something that's uh, very, very special to me every year to Stratford uh, uh, in Ontario. Uh, it's drivable, folks. Those of you who are listening in Wisconsin, nine and a half hours from Milwaukee, so a little further from, from Madison, and that's only with a little bit of speeding. Uh, and it is, you know, it's a $63 million uh, annual budget. They, they have some money to do things and they do. I mean, I, I, to me, there is nothing like it anywhere in North America. And I do include New York in that in terms of pound for pound stretched across, uh, this year, 12 shows, uh, the, the quality that you have and the breadth. I mean, it's not just Shakespeare. In fact, they changed their name from the Stratford Shakespeare Festival to just Stratford Festival. Three or four Shakespeare plays, musicals. Uh, the highlight for me this year, uh, two uh, shows, and these run through the end of October. So those of you listening to this as it, as it drops would have an opportunity to go see them. Uh, Billy Elliot, um, a musical I've had lukewarm feelings about in the past. I mean, there's parts of it that are very moving, parts of it to me that seem unbelievably schmaltzy. Uh, but in the very, very amazing hands of Donna Fuhr, who directs a lot of the musicals up there and choreographs them and had her start and dance, she took their thrust stage um, and made me think you could never again. I can't see this now on a proscenium stage because hmm. this is a show about community. And she really uses that stage to her advantage with a tremendous 12 year old Billy Elliot. Uh, and then the other one is a complete redo of the front page, ah. uh, which, you know, that old chestnut, which I didn't realize this till I was up there right before it went into production in 1928. They cut a character who was based on the first black congressman out of Illinois uh, in the United States and, and, and tilted it away from a much more strong racial component, which is now back in the show mm. and with the newspaper magnet being a woman. So it's sort of like Girl Friday in reverse. And that those two moves alone just take what's already a fantastic, funny, amazing show and make it even better. So if you were to go, those are the two I would highly recommend. Stratford also just announced its 2020 season this week. Um, there will be opening a fourth theater, which is a redo of one that they tore down um, to go with their first three. And the highlights will include an, an original musical um, with one of the uh, creators or, or uh, sorry, uh, performers in Bare Naked Ladies uh, and also a Richard III with Colm Fuhr in the mm. title role. So it's uh, and, and oh, and Wolf Hall both parts. So wow. it's going to be a great year and it's really worth the trip. That sounds 
thrilling. And now, Julie, take us even further afield. <laughs> well, I was lucky enough to go to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Uh, I went with a production of Boswell by Marie Kohler. There you are. We said um, we there you are. She's back. Um, so uh, she wrote this play about 14 years ago. It was Boswell's Dreams originally. It's been condensed now to Boswell. Beautiful, moving story about the friendship between James Boswell, a Scottish biographer, and Samuel Johnson, um, philosopher and the man who wrote the first English dictionary in the 1700s, um, their relationship. Um, and, and Marie has also included a character from the 1950s, um, an academic woman who comes in looking for the works of Samuel Johnson in an old attic in Scotland and finds Boswell and falls in love with, with Boswell. Um, like I said, it's, it's produced by Marie, also with Rhymes with Purple, which is this wonderful man named Frodo, um, who helped us out enormously, um, featuring Brian Monty, Brian Gill, Abby Siegworth, Laura Gordon. She's come back to Wow, what a cast. Um, so for those of you who don't know the Fringe Festival, it's about 3,500 productions. Um, each space has maybe 30, 40 plays to see. There's hundreds of spaces. So it's hard to decide what you want to do. You know, you can look at the book, but it's, you know, <laughs> inches and inches and inches thick. Um, so what so what we did was find a space um, and this is where we're going to camp out today and see three or four shows in that space. And then the next day, do the same. Uh, I, the two highlights I had um, was Johnny Donahoe, hmm. who is one of the writers for Every Brilliant Thing, which Forward will produce in January, was going to tell a story. That's really how it's done. It's a workshop story. He starts by meeting us all in the lobby and getting to know all of us. We all tell our name and where we're from. And he brings brought us into the space um, and it's a story about his childhood and also the birth of his daughter. Hmm. And there's a reason um, he, why every brilliant thing is so successful and beautiful and moving. This is this is a natural storyteller. It um, is really exceptional. And, you know, not not the story, not just the story, but the way it's told. And I, of course, you know, met him later and told him that we're doing, you know, he said, I might not be able to get to Madison, Wisconsin, <laughs> but um, just a lovely, lovely, lovely man. The show that was a complete surprise. We didn't know what we were getting into at all is a play called How to Be Brave by Sean Owen. It's the Dirty Protest Theater, um, a one woman uh, show by um, performed by a woman named Laura Daglish. And it uh, starts with the um, woman is in her mother's home with her daughter. And she keeps referring to her as the little one. And she takes off. She takes off in this Welsh town um, of Newport and steals a bike and relives part of her childhood and redoes um, a, a a cheerleading routine that she froze when she was little, but is able to do it as an adult. It's just a little bit manic. And we realize that it's because her daughter is going to be having surgery. Mm. And that is how she just freaks out. It is a tour de force, gorgeous production and performance. Um, I actually 
bought the script. Uh-huh. It was it was so moving and wonderful. And that's kind of how the Edinburgh Fringe Festival is. There's some things that I'm not going to talk about that were a little duddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's that's sort of the fun of it. Everything is about an hour, hour and a half, and you, you can see four to five shows a day. And it was a real... It was a magical trip. Oh, what an incredible Thank you to Marie. To Thank you, Marie. <laughs> and I just have to say kudos to Marie. I mean, it's pretty ballsy to bring a play about a Scottish, you know, hero to Scotland. Absolutely. <laughs> there's, there's been some reviews. It was like, good for you, Americans. I also have to say that it, um, uh, UW Parkside and UNLV also are um, collaborating with the, with this journey. But absolutely, to bring the Scottish hero. But the fun, too, it's, it's being performed at Riddle's Court, which is like across the street from where Boswell actually lived for a period of time. There's bars all over that city of where... Boswell and Johnson drank. It's (laughs) yes, it's ballsy for a bunch of Americans to bring this play and it's being really well received. I'm just, you know, I mean, even in its prior iteration as Boswell's Dreams, I really, really liked um, um, this show. I mean, Boswell is somebody that I spent a lot of time with in terms of reading the journals um, when when I was in college and I did a whole independent study on it. So I was like, is this going to ring true? It absolutely did. And Julie, both from you and from others who have seen it, here, not mm-hmm. in Scotland, um, <laughs> they are just raving about about the improvements that have been made and how much better it is. I'm, I right. really hope a Wisconsin theater um, picks it up. I do too. Yeah. I do too. And uh, with this cast too, they're really that's really quite a knocking cast. It, it they're is. knocking it out of the park. Yeah. So we've we you know we've talked about local and statewide and regional and national and international things we've seen. So <laughs> I'm just going to take us in a slightly tangential direction because I. One thing that really struck me as I was thinking back, what theater have I seen this summer? One of the things that really sticks in my mind, and it's not what we think of as traditional theater, but one of the most theatrical experiences was all of the hoopla surrounding and then the events themselves, the Democratic debates this summer. And the reason why I I, I was finding myself thinking of it explicitly through a theatrical lens. Now, look, I'm a director. When I watch these things, I'm, I'm thinking, how does this story come across? You know, I am looking at it that way, but I was really, I want to say surprised and then realized, no, no, not surprised at all to see that the Washington Post hired their theater critic, Peter Marks, to write theatrical criticism of the debates. And like I said, when I first saw that, I was like, what? And I thought, well, no, of course they did. It, of course it, all, they it did. makes sense. It is it is theater. Yeah. And and, and these people rehearse yeah. and they do all the things we do to put on a play. Um, you know, the lighting, everything. The debates are absolutely our national theater. Right. And they certainly have been at the very least since the Nixon Kennedy debates, you know, be, were first televised in 1960. Mm-hmm. Um, although when you read accounts of, you know, Lincoln Douglas, it sounds like they were pretty theatrical <laughs> back then, too. It's just that they didn't have to pay quite so much attention to some of the uh production values. (laughs) Right. Um, But yeah, I mean, you're a a former, a recovering theater critic, Mike, you know, what what do you think about? Um, I I think, and and 
honest, folks, I'm grading this on on, on from a theater standpoint, uh, taking Jen's cue and not from a politics standpoint. They're all fairly wooden as as actors <laughs> up there um, and don't necessarily uh, do really well when somebody drops a cue or goes up uh, on, on, on a line. Um, so but it is theater uh, and it's we're living in a very theatrical moment politically, I think, not just because we're moving into an election season, but we, we, we have a president who, again, whether you like him or hate him, um, he is as theatrical as they get. And I think he has a very sophisticated understanding. It might be one of the few things I didn't say that he has. A, <laughs> he has a very sophisticated understanding of how theater works. And I think that um, it will be interesting, at least for me, as I'm watching the various Democrats who are going at each other right now. One of the criterion I'm using as I assess what what, what we're going to have next year is which one of these theatrically is best equipped to stand up to President Trump. Yeah, right. It's I mean, there is something very um, out in the open about saying, yeah, it's theater. So might as well have the theater critics weigh in. It's uh, yeah. I'd give it two stars at best. though. <laughs> OK, all right. All right. On your, on your ratings. Not yeah. on our best of this summer. <laughs> you want to see good politics. Really? The Northern Sky show is it. That's politics at its best and most theatrical. <laughs> very good. I like that very much. Well, I think that will do it for our little summer vacation recap. It was a good summer. It was. I hope all of our listeners have had an equally good summer mm-hmm. and one that has been likewise filled with lots of theater. Uh, and we will be in the thick of our season by the time you hear this next episode. And we will look forward to coming back to you then. But for this episode of Theater Forward, uh, our conversation about theater in Wisconsin, the Midwest, and America, that's going to be it. Thank you for joining us. I'm Jen Alpoff Gray. I'm Julie Swenson. And I'm Mike Fisher. Our podcast is produced by Scott Hayden, and you can follow us or share your thoughts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Forward Theater, as always with an ER. And if you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you might tune in, and be sure to leave a review. We are so grateful to have you listening, and we will be back soon for another Theater Forward conversation.